This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. As we wrap up Pride Month, I want to bring you the story of Jackie Shane. She was a black trans soul singer who performed in the 60s. Then in 1971, she walked away from her career and basically disappeared. New York Times writer Reggie Ugu was able to track her down in 2017 and spoke to her on the phone for her home in Nashville, a place she admits she doesn't leave and says even her neighbors have probably only seen her three or four times over the course of a decade. She passed away last year at the age of 78. Reggie Ugu joins us now to share her story. Hello. Hi. So how did you first hear about Jackie Shane's story? It was a numero group box set that they put out back in 2017 that came across our attention and seemed like a really kind of fascinating untold story. And what fascinated you the most as you were reporting on this story and you even got to talk to Jackie Shane, like what fascinated you the most about her story? Yeah, well, for me, it was it was an incredible kind of opportunity as a journalist because she was this really fascinating figure who had, as you as you mentioned, kind of vanished um, and hadn't been heard from. So just the opportunity to speak to someone who, who you know, who, has, who had never given an extensive interview with the press before um, was really interesting to me. And then, and then, of course, Jackie herself is such a singular figure. She was kind of light years ahead of her time in so many different ways. And um, they're just never, I had never heard of anyone quite like her. And, you know, you got to talk to her on the phone. How would you describe, and also just understand who she was through research, but how would you describe Jackie Shane, like, as a person, but also just, like, the sense you got from talking to her on the phone? Um, She was an incredibly warm and generous person to speak with. Um, We talked for hours um, over two different phone calls. Um, And she is – she was – very, very sort of self-possessed and confident and just kind of exudes um, dignity. And, 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 and she has this kind of way where she, she would love to just kind of share her wisdom and, and just kind of expound on different issues, different topics of the day, whether it's um, morality or music or uh, Toronto, where she spent much of her time, or, 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 or the South. Um, uh, so um, she was, a really, yeah, a really warm and thoughtful person to, to speak with. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you say, you know, she, she had a confidence about her because I, I think about, you know, she just kind of disappeared. And you even said in her article, you know, that she just kind of stays at home. She doesn't even know how to cook. And so she just have people deliver food to her front door and doesn't go out much. And so why why do you think it is that that she hold up for so long that she just kind of kept at home and never really left? Well, um, I think she had <laughs> she didn't have the most optimistic view of, of, of humanity and, and she's kind of became like a deeply deeply private person. Um, I think that had a lot, has a lot to do with the way she grew up. you know she grew up you know as a transgender person before there was really even the common understanding of, of, of what that of what that meant or before that word was was commonly used. Um, and yet she lived as a as a girl and as a woman um for her entire life and you know she told me a story about being bullied um 
as, as a child in, in elementary school and getting into fights with not only her classmates but her teacher as well um, just to defend herself and and who she was and so you know I think she grew up in you know, she grew up in Nashville Tennessee and in, in the 50s and 40s and um, it was not a very welcoming environment for for LGBT people and that's part of the reason why she left and lived in Toronto, which is where she spent most of her career um, in the '60s. Um, and so, I think for the for those for similar reasons, she eventually kind of withdrew um, from society at large. Yeah, you know. And again, you spoke to Jackie Shane in, in 2017, and you know, I think in your article you also said, you know, like as as early as 13, you know, she identified as as female and. The fact that she was growing up in the 50s in the South, you know, did she, in your conversation with her, did she reflect on, you know, how much has changed in her lifetime in terms of LGBT rights? You know, did she talk about, you know, how her life would have been different if she grew up in a different era or just how things have changed in, you know, the outside world since she was growing up? I talked to her a little bit about, yeah, all the changes. I mean, we talked in 2017 and 2015, there was you know, the landmark Supreme Court decision legalizing gay marriage. And her point of view was kind of like, you know, it's about time. You know, um, she she said that we should have had these rights from the beginning. And, 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 and you know, I mentioned her being kind of ahead of her time. People, she had, a, the way she always put it was that everyone else was behind. And people are kind of behind the times. And so, I think she was happy to see um, greater acceptance and greater understanding of LGBT people in her lifetime, but you know it was very slow going, and I and I think she, for her, it I don't I don't know that she was ever that impressed, <laughs> um, given how long it took um, for basic uh, civil rights for LGBT people to become um, commonplace, and as you see, we're we're still we're still making progress on that front. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of conversation right now, not only around Black Lives Mattering, you know, but but Black trans lives mm-hmm. mattering right now. Um, what do you think is Jackie Shane's legacy, you know, as, as we look back on her life? I think that she was someone who was, as I say, extremely confident and, and who exuded dignity. And she never let anyone kind of define her or put her in a box. And she never felt that she had to explain herself to anyone. Um, so she was someone who believed deeply in personal liberation and personal freedom and, and, and live and let live. And that's the way that she lived her life um, at some cost, I would say. Um, but she was very convicted. And um, I think she's a real model for how you can be yourself and... Um, not conform to the pressures of society um, or of the government or, or of anyone who wants to change who you are. Mm-hmm. And you said at some cost. Like, did she talk about, you know, even as she was a performer, as a, a black trans performer, did she face a lot of discrimination? Did she ever talk about that? Um, she didn't like to talk too much about hardship. You know, she didn't like to give the impression, or I got the impression that she didn't want to be seen as as a victim. But she did. She did talk about, um, as I, as I mentioned, some of the bullying that she experienced, and um, just her general kind of distrust of her, even her neighbors, 
in Nashville, right? Like she was very concerned about being spotted or people gossiping about her. Um, and uh, I think that that was one of the consequences or that was kind of a, a lesson that she learned through hard-won experience mm -hmm. um, in her life. How would you describe her as a performer? I know you didn't get to see her perform personally, but but did you get a sense of who she was as a performer? Yeah, there's only one video that exists of her performing. I believe that was recorded in 1965, a song called "Any Other Way," which is the title track of the of that numero, that numero group uh, reissue. And you can kind of see in that performance what people generally described at the time, which is just a very captivating and magnetic presence on stage. Um, she moved with a lot of grace and kind of subtle precision so that you can't really take your eyes off of her. And, you know, as I said, as a presence, she was beautiful and glamorous and furs and sequins and bold makeup. And so she had a, a reputation as the kind of person that you know, could hold a room in the palm of her hand. That was Reggie Ugwu, culture reporter for the New York Times, who wrote about and spoke to Jackie Shane in 2017. She passed away last year at the age of 78. Here's her song, Any Other Way. She wants to know how I feel. Tell her that I'm happy. Tell her that I'm gay. Tell her I'm Any other way. That was Sun and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, interview this podcast. And if you have the means, please consider giving a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks so much for listening.